and thank you for joining LTC NAC Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Post-Acute Care Nursing, a packet. I'm your host, Amy Stewart, Vice President of Education and Certification Strategy for APACIN. And I'm here today with Jesse McGill, Curriculum Development Specialist with APACIN, to discuss the recently released SNF PPS proposed rule for fiscal year 2023. Welcome, Jesse. Thanks, Amy. I'm happy to be here today. Jesse, can you give our listeners the top three highlights of the proposed rule? Yeah, so just starting to talk about the proposed rule for those who may not have a lot of involvement in it historically, every year CMS is required to issue the proposed rule. And one of the things in this process is to do all the required annual updates. So there's an adjustment to the market basket updates, the labor wage portion of the adjustments and so on, which updates the Medicare PPS rates for the next fiscal year. But in addition to those expected and required updates, we also have three areas that are going to significantly impact the nurse assessment coordinators. The first one is the PDPM parity adjustment. This is something that we knew was coming and is essentially a result of the transition from RUGS 4 to the patient-driven payment model. That transition from RUGS to PDPM was intended to be budget neutral. But of course, that's always just a prediction. And it would have been very surprising if CMS was able to really achieve complete budget neutrality on the first try. So what we end up seeing is this parity adjustment, which is to write any over underpayments based on the transition. So CMS did say that based on their analysis, we had an overpayment to the SNFs, which means the SNFs need to pay back or have a reduction in future spending in order to write that overpayment. However, we also had the COVID-19 public health emergency that started in March of 2020, and this significantly impacted CMS's ability to analyze how PDPM was implemented throughout that first fiscal year. And so CMS did have the task of attempting to separate and exclude the Medicare beneficiaries that were affected by COVID-19. So we did have a proposed parity adjustment in the last proposed rule for fiscal year 2022. However, that was delayed and CMS decided to collect more information from providers and stakeholders. They used all the comments to provide additional analysis And what they had proposed originally was a 5% decrease in Medicare spending, but that was reduced to 4.6% based on provider feedback for fiscal year 2023 proposed rule. The second highlight that I'd like to cover is also the changes to the SNF Quality Reporting Program or SNF QRP. CMS has proposed a new measure to start data collection this fall, and that new measure is the influenza vaccination coverage among healthcare personnel. Another proposed change for SNF-QRP is to start data collection on the two transfer of health information measures October 1st, 2023. Now, these two measures were already previously approved through rulemaking. However, their implementation was delayed due to the COVID-19 public health emergency. 
And previously, CMS had announced that we were not going to collect any data on these two measures until two full fiscal years after the end of the public health emergency. But during this rulemaking, they have stated that enough time has gone by and we can start collecting this data. And that would start again October 1st, 2023. The third big highlight is uh, some really big changes coming to the SNF Value Based Purchasing Program or SNF VBP. And this really stems back to the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2020, which gave the Secretary of Health and Human Services the authority to add up to nine measures to the SNF value-based purchasing program. And CMS is proposing some big changes to this program. First, they're going to add more measures. So they propose to add the SNF healthcare associated infections requiring hospitalization measure to be used in SNF value-based purchasing. Now that measure is already used in the SNF QRP program, but if this proposal becomes finalized, that same measure will also be used in the SNF value-based purchasing program. And again, this is one of those newer measures and we're gonna start seeing this publicly reported in July on Care Compare for the SNF QRP. CMS is also proposing another measure to be added to the value-based purchasing program, and this is the discharge to community measure. Again, this is another existing program. It is part of the SNF QRP program, but this measure is also used in the five-star quality measure rating calculation. So discharge to community measure, already publicly reported, used in the SNF QRP as a claims-based measure, publicly reported and used in five-star calculation, and now also being proposed to be part of the SNF value-based purchasing program. And lastly, CMS is proposing another brand new measure to SNF value-based purchasing program, and this is total nursing hours per resident day staffing measure. This measure would use PBJ data and would be adjusted based on case mix calculations. Wait, Jesse, did you just say payment adjustment, new quality measures, repurposed quality measures, and then a quality measure that uses data that we don't yet use from PBJ, the staffing quality measures from PBJ. Is that what I heard? That is correct, Amy. A lot of new measures, a lot of new changes, and the use of data in ways that we've never seen before. Oh my goodness. So let's start with the parity adjustment. What does the NAC need to know about this PDPM parity adjustment? The overall thing that the NAC really needs to realize about the parity adjustment is that it's part of Medicare reimbursement with the transition. And we still have the opportunity to provide comments if we do not feel that CMS has adequately or completely made the adjustments based on residents that were impacted by the COVID-19 health emergency. But where we can really push for an impact right now is whether the decrease in payment will be a delayed implementation, a phased implementation, or an implementation that both has a delay and a phase in. So what that means is we can respond to the comments for CMS and request 
that there is either a delay in these payment decreases because we are still in the public health emergency, we are in a staffing crisis, there are many areas where a delay would be beneficial to the facility. We could also request a phased in, which means we would not see that full 4.6% applied in one fiscal year, but we would see that percentage spread out across several fiscal years, hopefully up to three fiscal years, so that the impact is not as substantial during one fiscal year. And then, of course, the last option that CMS wanted to comment on is if we should do a delayed or phased-in approach where we have both a delay, so we would not apply any of these decreases in fiscal year 2023, but apply over phase-in time starting at a later fiscal year. So with the comment period, we do have this opportunity to really speak to CMS and let them know how much of an impact a full 4.6% decrease would have in our facilities if that was all applied during fiscal year 2023 and really speak to how it would benefit facilities and help them overcome the barriers that we are facing today with still high cost of caring for our residents and the high cost of labor and the staffing shortage and how a delay or a phase-in and delay would benefit the facilities. That's a lot of information. So now let's talk about SNF QRP. How will the changes to the SNF QRP program impact the NAC? The SNF QRP program is one of those programs where it's really a reporting program. So if we look back at the title, SNF QRP, that's Quality Reporting Program. So what that means is that CMS is making sure that we report the data to them. And we can be penalized as a facility if we fail to report the needed information. Now, historically, this has been MDS data. So there are currently two types of measures for SNF QRP. There's claims-based measures and MDS-based measures. The claims-based measures are automatically reported. That uses hospital claims data. So the SNF does not have anything they need to report. However, the MDS-based measures use MDS data, which means we have to submit MDSs that have all the information needed to calculate the QRP measures. So the existing criteria for compliance with SNF QRP program is that we submit at least 80% of MDSs with 100% of the data needed to calculate all of the SNF QRP MDS-based measures. However, now we also have the COVID-19 vaccination measure among healthcare personnel. And this measure is reported through the NHSN, the National Healthcare Safety Network. And so the information reported through NHSN is used for the COVID-19 vaccination data. That same database will be used for the influenza vaccination coverage among healthcare personnel that's proposed to be in the SNF value-based purchasing program. So one of the changes we're seeing is that there's a new requirement for compliance. We have to have the 80% of MDSs with 100% of the data needed and 100% of the data required to calculate the measures that use the NHSN data. So 
when we look at how to remain in compliance with the SNF QRP program, it really goes back to making sure MDSs are completed fully, that we know exactly which MDS data is used to calculate the SNF QRP measures, and that that information is reported. We also have to work with leadership to ensure that the NHSN data is being submitted, whoever is responsible for that process, because it's no longer just based on MDS data. It's now also based on that NHSN data. Now, the other thing that we're going to expect, which is a big change, as I mentioned earlier, CMS has reinstated or proposed to reinstate the two transfer of health measures. And one of the things we're going to see, which will allow that to happen for data collection starting October 1st, 2023, is they're also proposing to release a new MDS item set, which would be version 1.18.11. So way back before the COVID-19 public health emergency, we had the draft MDS item set 1.18.1, which was supposed to go into effect October 1st, 2020. That version has been delayed due to the public health emergency. And now in order to move ahead with the transfer of health information questions, CMS has to issue a new MDS item set that will have those questions on it. So that's where we will see version 1.18.11. Again, not going to affect until October 1st, 2023. But in addition, in the proposed rule, it also states that CMS will be adding some of the SPADES items. The SPADES are the standardized patient assessment data elements that CMS had planned to start collecting back on the version 1.18.1 item set. This change was expected to have over 56 changes to the MDS item set. Now, we don't know exactly how many changes with these SPADES will be actually implemented into the 1.18.11 item set, but we know based on the addition of transfer of health information measures and the addition of the spades, we are expecting some big MDS changes October 1st, 2023. That's great information, Jesse. And if I recall correctly, at our 2022 APACN conference, Ellen Berry mentioned that we may see this new draft MDS as soon as this summer. So fingers crossed we get a look at that beforehand. This summer would be great, Amy. CMS mm-hmm. did mention on the SNF Open Door Forum that they'd like to have the new item set out to us by early 2023. So somewhere between summer 2022 and early winter 2023, we should have that. Oh, so they're even saying on the Open Door Forum, maybe it's going to take a little bit longer, but hopefully we get a glimpse of the draft sooner. And that would be great. So how can the NAC prepare for the changes to the SNF VBP? Oh, great question, Amy. And this is a program that historically used one readmission measure, and that readmission measure was solely based on claims-based data. So even though it impacted the overall Medicare rate, there was not a lot of hands-on work that the NAC had to do or was involved with. Now, this is going to shift a little because there's a lot more being added to the value-based purchasing measure. So 
We're going to have two more claims-based measures added, the SNF healthcare-associated infections requiring hospitalization and the discharge to community measure. Now, these are all for the future, so we're not going to see any changes this next fiscal year, but it gives us some time to start looking at what's being proposed. So the third measure that they're projecting is the total nursing hours per resident day, which is a staffing measure. And this measure will use PBJ data, but it's going to be adjusted based on case mix. And that's where the NAC becomes involved because CMS is stating currently in the proposed rule that they plan to use the STRIVE study data, which is the study that was done back in 2006, I believe. And this was a staff time resource intensity verification study. So it's using a study that is a little bit dated and is based on RUGS4 calculation. So CMS is proposing to adjust the reported staffing ratios for case mix based on the MDS data using the STRIVE data to determine case mix hours. So that's a lot to take in right there. And that's one thing that we can really reach out to CMS during the comments on and is to talk about how old the STRIVE data is and how using RUGS4 data when we currently use PDPM as our payment methodology may not be the best methodology. And that's something that I'm hoping we can discuss with CMS during that proposed rule comment period. CMS is also proposing big changes to how the achievement and improvement scores are calculated. So currently right now, there's just the threshold for the one measure and we're looking at performance year and a baseline year. So we're going to have the same concept of that. However, there's going to be an achievement and an improvement score for each of the measures. And then there's going to be a calculation of how those all work together. So it's a pretty complex calculation, but instead of being based on one measure, it's going to be based on several different measures. But we have some time to figure this out. These changes are not proposed to start until the program year for fiscal year 2026. However, that program year is proposed to use a baseline year of 2022 data with a performance year of 2024. So what we're doing today in fiscal year 2022 is going to impact our future SNF value-based purchasing measures because this is going to be the baseline year. The baseline year is how we can show our improvement because our performance year is compared to our baseline year for that improvement score. So while the performance year is still out there in the future, it really is important to understand what's going to be used, what data is going to be used, and how what we do today has the potential to impact those future measures. The last thing I want to mention about the SNF value-based purchasing program is that for fiscal year 2023, so that's this next upcoming fiscal year, CMS is proposing to suppress the SNF RM measure again. This is our current readmission measure. This is the same thing we experienced last year where CMS is suppressing the data so that each facility that participated in the SNF value-based purchasing program will receive the same incentive multiplier of 1.2%, which means we had 2% withheld from the facility and 1.2% awarded back. So that means all participating facilities will still have a 0.08% decrease in their Medicare payment for fiscal year 2023. 
facilities that had the low volume, and so they had too few Medicare stays to participate in SNF value-based purchasing program, will receive that full 2% back. So they will receive, as if they did not participate in the program, the full multiplier back. Jesse, I'd like to thank you very much for sharing this information with our listeners. And listeners, just so you are aware, we will be writing a letter to CMS with our comments. If you have comments that you would like us to include, please email one of us, either Jesse McGill or myself, Amy Stewart, and it's astewart at apacken.org or jmcgill at apacken.org, and we will include your comments in the letter. This letter is due June 10th of this year. Thank you for joining us today. For more resources and tools for the Nurse Assessment Coordinator, please visit our website at www.apacken.org. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the LTC NACCHAT podcast. Heard the news about how you can improve quality care and increase efficiency with Ability? Ability offers a range of applications to simplify the complexity of healthcare, allowing organizations of all types and sizes to spend more time on care and less time manually collecting, analyzing, and reporting data. This allows you to remain in compliance while making data-driven decisions that benefit residents. With Ability, your facility can improve resident outcomes, optimize reporting data, enhance reimbursements, and much, much more. Discover what Ability has to offer at abilitynetwork.com slash a pack-in.